Today is Easter Sunday, and Pastor Greg McCormick is speaking. We have a special video that we showed at the beginning of the service by someone in our church, William H. Bynum III. You will be able to hear the audio here, which is the most impactful part. However, you can view this video on our Facebook page, as well as on our online community, The City. Said that if I would confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord, that I would be saved. And Mama said I would get a piece of candy out of the bottom of her purse if I would just sit still and behave. So I put on my best behavior, and for an extra piece of candy, I gave Jesus my heart so that He could be my Savior. But I was never taught to savor His Majesty. And as I grew, I knew that what my mouth had confessed, but in my heart, I couldn't believe what my eyes could not see, and it became hard for me to conceive that this Jesus, this gospel was absolutely true. Preacher man said that if Christ never resurrected, that my faith was in vain. And culture tells me that to believe in this Jesus is absolutely insane. So I began to reminisce. Oh, And I remember the sound of the choir singing, but never really understanding the meaning of this grace and feeling like my faith had been misplaced. So it was replaced with philosophical and diabolical lies, lies that came in the form of questions in my mind's eye, like, did this Jesus really exist? And the greatest of them all, what if this narrative of the gospel and Jesus' resurrection was really a lie after all? poet says, what if this narrative of the gospel and Jesus' resurrection is really a lie after all? You know, the apostle Paul addressed that question more than 2,000 years ago. We find his response to that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 14, where he says this, if Christ has not been raised then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins." The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the single most polarizing event in all of human history. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the catalyst for what is considered the great divide. And that is all of us will fall in one or two categories of people. The resurrection of Jesus Christ divides in humanity into two different classes of people. Those who will deny the resurrection and those who will embrace the resurrection. And so my role here today as, as the preacher, as the preacher man, as the poet said, is not to try to convince you about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's not my role. My job here today is to give you the truth about resurrection as it relates according to Scripture. And then it's up to you 
to determine whether you will embrace it or you will reject it and deny it. The choice today will be yours, but you will face that choice today. The tomb is empty. Yes, some of y'all believe it. No, let me say it again. The tomb is empty. Yeah. But when it comes to the truth of the resurrection, even though the tomb is empty, there are going to be two categories of the people and of people. And what the first category are those who deny the truth of the resurrection. Because there will be many who will deny it. And let me tell you something, this is not new. The denial of the resurrection happened. It began on the first day that Jesus rose from the grave. You know, you, read the, you heard the story earlier that the teenagers read. Matthew chapter 28, all the way down to verse 10. But then verse 11 and following gives us an incredible rest of the story. You ever heard Paul Harvey? And now you know the rest of the story? I'm going to give you the rest of the story. Scripture records for us that the soldiers lay at the graveside as dead men as the angel gave his proclamation. Then that same cohort of soldiers went back to the religious rite, to the, to the uh, religious leaders of the day, the high priests and the Pharisees, and they said to them, we have seen an angel, and the tomb is empty, and the resurrection is real. And, and the, 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 the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they said, listen, we can't allow this to get out. We can't. So y'all need to slow your roll. And let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to pay you, and then we're going to protect you. We're going to pay you to say that as Roman soldiers, you fell asleep. And while you were asleep, the disciples of Jesus Christ came and stole the body while you were asleep. Now, I'm not sure how, how that worked out for them. Because, listen, they were Roman soldiers. And the penalty for the Roman soldier falling asleep on the job was chitons. That means that they killed him. They put him to death. That's how serious it was. So I'm not so sure how that worked out for him. But the lie was perpetuated anyway. They denied that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. And they perpetuated that lie. And Scripture tells us that there are many, many of the Jews in that day believed in that lie. And to this day, there's a sect of Jewish society that denies the resurrection of Jesus. We in Western culture really aren't that much different. In Western culture today, for, for someone to believe in the resurrection of Jesus opens up, us up to scrutiny from the rest of the world. How could you believe this impossible truth? 
How can you believe this incredulous lie? Don't you know that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a farce? It can't be true. How can you believe it? And many will continue to deny it. But it's true. The tomb is empty. And the resurrection did happen. And Jesus Christ is alive. I take this scripture and and I believe it as the infallible written word of God. And here's what I believe about scripture. What is written in this book about the eyewitness, um, the eyewitness, um, about the eyewitnesses that saw the resurrection is true. Paul writes this. He says, but if in fact, verse 20 of of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if in fact Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits. But if in fact, everybody says, slow down, pastor. You know, I believe I will. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. And then Paul goes on to say, there are plenty of eyewitnesses that can witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He says, first, Jesus appeared to Peter. And then after the resurrection, he appeared to 12. And then after the resurrection, he appeared to 500. And then Paul said, after the resurrection, he appeared to James. And then the least, at last, he appeared to me. I was on the road to Damascus. And I had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ that changed my life. And so Paul says, there are many who will deny it. But there are many who will embrace the reality of the truth of the resurrected Savior. That's just a few of the resurrection stories. I have one that I think is my favorite. It's the story of the two men on the road to Emmaus, disciples of Jesus Christ. And these two men, as disciples, they had already embraced who Jesus was. But the Bible says that they were walking along the road of Emmaus, and Emmaus was, was about seven miles from Jerusalem. So they were on their way back from Jerusalem. It's Sunday. It's the day that Jesus was supposed to be alive. These two guys are walking. The Scripture says that they're sad. And, and it says that they were walking along, and Jesus comes and nestles up to them. And says, hey, guys, what's happening? Now, let's fast forward that a bit and put this in context, okay? If I'm having a conversation with a good friend of mine, and the conversation is somewhat somber because, you know, we're, we're really into what we're talking about, and somebody comes up, a total stranger, and asks me, what are you guys talking about? I'm probably not going to give them the time of day. Probably none of your business, right? So Jesus must have been a pretty bad guy. For him to be able to walk up in the middle of a conversation and say, what's happening? What are you guys talking about? 
And they look at Jesus and they say, they don't even know it's Jesus. They look at him and they say, hey, man, you know, we're rehearsing the events of the last three days. And Jesus says, what do you mean? The two men, they say, what? Where, have you not been around? Are you from a different planet? Where, where have you been? The events of, of the last few days, you know, Jesus, that, that man that, that we all thought was, was uh, going to be the prophet that was going to come, the Messiah, and deliver us from the hands of the Roman government, who was going to set up his rule. He did all these wonderful things. Jesus, you know who I'm talking about? Him. He said, and what's more, he said, he said the, the government, they said the government, our our officials, they crucified him, hanged him on a tree. He's dead. And today, what's more, it's the third day, and he's supposed to be resurrected. Said, and, and we've heard some, uh, some, uh, a little, you know, stuff happening, commotion around what's, what's going on. There's a couple women that went down to the tomb, and they said that they saw an angel and they came back, oh, I saw an angel, Jesus is alive. They came and reported to the guys, and the guys, typical guys, said, no, he ain't. He's not alive. We won't believe it until we see it for ourselves. And so the guys went down to the tomb, and they looked, and the tomb was empty. It's just a bunch of women talking. Jesus looks at these two disciples and says, oh, man, foolish guys just won't believe the truth. And the scripture says, from that time forward, he began to tell them about the, the prophecy of his coming all the way back from Moses to, to current time, all the way through the prophets, saying how he was going to be crucified and what he must suffer. Seven-mile journey. They come to the end of the journey, and they're at their destination. And Jesus looks at him. He says, okay, y'all, peace. I got to go. And the guy said, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute, man. This is so good. We need you to finish the story. Why don't you come into our house and sit down and do this late? It's, it's night. Roads are dangerous. Plenty of people out there. Come and sit down and finish the rest of the story with us. So the Bible says Jesus went into the house and he sat down with them, continued to tell the story. They brought him some food. They gave him some bread. He broke the bread. And in the moment that he broke the bread, their eyes were open and they realized that it was Jesus and he vanished out of their sight. And this is what they said. Didn't our hearts burn within as he spoke to us from the scriptures? And this is what that meant. He's alive. He's alive. It's true. He's alive. And he's come and he's been with us and he's shared his life with us. And our lives are changed forever. Paul said, my life has been changed forever as my, from a personal encounter that I have with Jesus Christ. And here's what you and I need to know. There are many of us who believe and have embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for us that have embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ, we also are proof of the resurrected Savior. Because he's alive on the inside of us. We're the proof. Many will deny it and reject it. Many others will embrace it and receive it. But make no mistake. One day, all 
must bow to the truth of the resurrected Christ. Paul writes for us in, in Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 5. He says, he says, Jesus Christ came and he set the template for us on how we are supposed to behave with one another. And he says, let this mind, the same mind of Christ, the template that he set for us, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the very form of God, God himself, didn't consider equality with God while he was here something that he needed to hang on to. But instead, the Bible says he emptied himself, made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man, and then being fashioned as a man, God in the flesh, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And it's for this reason that God has given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every tongue will confess. So some will, will, will deny and, re, and de reject the resurrected Christ. Others will embrace it and receive it, but all one day will bow to it. And Lee, you can bring your team up. I told you today you wouldn't be able to leave without coming to a crossroads, a decision about Jesus. What will you do with the resurrected Savior? All of us will be resurrected one day. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And those who believe in me, though they die, they'll be resurrected unto life. And so all of us will, will experience the resurrection. Those who embrace the gospel, the resurrection unto life. But those who deny it and denounce it will rise and receive the resurrection of death that leads to eternal separation from God. What will you do with the resurrected Savior today? Will you embrace the truth of his resurrection or will you deny it? You might be here today never having received the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord and embraced it. Paul says to make that shift from eternal death to eternal life requires two things. He says what you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then believe in your heart, watch this now, that God has raised him from the dead. And if you do those two things, Scripture says you will be saved, that you'll receive eternal life. What will you do with the resurrected Savior? Why don't you stand with me? Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe for the first time in your life you're faced at that crossroads where you can continue to do things your way or repent and turn and do things God's way. If that is you, 
with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. The prayer team watching. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you in this tender moment to slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Everyone praying. you are here and you've never embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're not bold enough right now in the, in the audience a bunch of people that you don't know. And so what I'd like for you to do is just to pray this simple prayer. And then if you're bold enough at the end of the service, see one of the members of the prayer team, we would love to be able to embrace you and be the first to welcome you in the family of God. It's just this simple. Here's the prayer. You can repeat it after me. Dear Lord Jesus, Son of God, Savior of the world, I bow my heart to you in this moment. I choose to embrace the truth of your resurrection right now. I'm asking you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. Accept me into your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we would love to be the first to welcome you into the family of God. Wouldn't we, family? Yeah. Today is Easter celebration. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Yeah.